1: Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life.
2: Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Today on the Girl Powerful Podcast, we talk with Alicia Powers, award-winning journalist for Inside Edition. Alicia shares her story about how she landed her dream job, then experienced a freak accident that could have stopped her in her tracks. But you know what? She kept going. Find out more on this episode of the Girl Powerful Podcast.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today, we have Alicia Powers with us. She is an award-winning journalist with CBS's national news magazine, Inside Edition, Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've heard of (laughs) it. But Alicia, she reports and produces breaking news from everything from in depth stories, breaking news to investigative stories. So we're so thrilled and honored to have you here, Alicia.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be a part of you guys' amazing organization and all that you do. So thank you for having me.
1: Well, thank you. And I also love your shirt, it has love across the front of it. Yes. Spread the love. Yeah, spread the love. That's right. So we work with girls from eight to 14, and that's a really pivotal time frame for them when they're really developing their sense of self. So Mm -hmm. can you go back kind of towards that age in your own life and what drew you to journalism?
0: Um, It was interesting. You know, when I was ending high school and going into college, I was so excited, but I didn't no rate then that I wanted to be a journalist. It definitely took some time. Um, I at first thought that I wanted to do marketing. Oh, well, at first I thought I wanted to be a nurse, and then I got my LNA in high school, and I worked at a nursing home in a brain injured facility, and I just realized that there was some part of me that was just missing, you know. And I actually had um, a full scholarship to go to college in Florida, and. I decided not to do that because just in my heart, I wanted to help people. But in my heart, I knew I I didn't have it to be a nurse. It takes a very special person to be a nurse. And I kind of felt lost. You know, what do I do? Um, So I went to school and I just took general studies and I studied everything. And then I thought marketing was a good basis for all different types of careers. So I ended up getting my associates in marketing. uh, And then... Uh, And I did a bunch of internships, too. And I think that that's what's important. You know, at the age of 18 or 19, whenever you're going into college, you don't know what's out there in the world yet. You don't know yourself. You don't know what's out there. So it's best to just be curious. And it's okay to change majors. It's okay to do all different internships amongst all different types of careers and industries so that you can learn what's out there in the world. And when I was in marketing, I did an internship with um, the AFL, which is the Arena Football League. And that's when I fell in love with the press box. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like these people, their stories behind the scenes, the players, all different people and just learning their stories. I was like, this is what I want to do. And it kind of came full circle because my dad was a pressman at the Boston Globe. And so I grew up going to the Boston Globe and. Mm he would go and the the newspapers would be flying over our heads and he would grab one with like ink coming down. And they were so literally hot off the press. Oh. And I was just like, so in awe of how the news world worked. And I remember reading the Boston Globe as a young kid and being interested in all the stories beyond my scope of this, you know, small town girl, like reading all these different things. And I was always fascinated by it. And I think that that stuck with me, but I didn't realize it. Until I was in college, and I I studied a bunch of different topics, um, and then I did all these internships, and then I really found myself, and then I pursued a bachelor's degree in journalism, and I also took a year off of school, which is also something you know people are just like, go to college, get it done, but you have so much time, you're young, and taking off a school was something that was hard for me because I was. I've always just been the person that does what I'm told to do, you know, go to school, get a job. But I ended up taking um, a year off of college when I first moved to San Diego uh, because I got a job at PlayStation. And I only got this job because I was working at a little luncheonette at the time. And somebody came in that worked there and they were like, you want to do journalism? You should know production. And I was like, I don't like video games. I don't want to do anything like this but I reluctantly sent them my resume and I went there for an interview and I was blown away. I just about the production capacity and the cool things that they could do there. And I knew that that could help my skills in the tv broadcast world so i took a year off and did a contracted job for them and i learned so much there like my boss from playstation actually is one of the people that really helped me learn how to shoot and edit and how to be in front of the camera Um, but he taught me so much and then i went back to school and i finished my bachelor's degree and then right after that i I, I knew I wanted to be in TV journalism, and I knew how hard it was, so I was like, I have to go to New York, because if you're going to make it, you're going to make it in New York, and I took a leap of faith, and I moved across the country back to New York and the, back to the East Coast, and uh, then I went to grad school and uh, at Hofstra and got my graduate degree there, and Hofstra has such a good communication school, I learned so much there, and I was involved in different things there, like their radio station, which it was a lot of just undergrads there, not a lot of graduate students did it, but I was like, this is a huge opportunity for me to learn, and be a part of, you know, the teachers there, the administrators, um, and then I that led that to a job. that's a really education. good
2: point, though, like what you're saying, is like, take your time to explore, and make connections, I think that if I could do college all over again, I would have been more present with who was in my classes with me, how I treated my teachers, how I formed relationships with all the kinds of people that you're meeting, because that really does open doors or like being friendly at your job. Like you said, at that lunch place and the PlayStation yeah. I walked in and not, you know what I mean? I think it's yeah. important for like late teens and early twenties people to understand like this is like a time of learning for you. You don't have to know the answers, but definitely try to be as present as possible because, you know, the universe is going to throw all these options at you. So like be aware, yeah. you can kind of take them if you want them and leave them if you don't.
0: Right. I definitely think the universe puts you in play and you just have to, you have to be open and accept it for sure. And I think I was more open and accepting than I realized at the time. And I'm very thankful that I was just naturally like that. But, you know, young girls need to understand that you don't have to go to the traditional four years of college. I was definitely, I think I was like on the five or six year plan of undergrad, just because I took time off and I changed my major so many times and I changed schools and, and that's okay because college is finding your way. And no matter how you do it, no matter how much time it takes, that's your own process.
2: Yeah. I think college should be called like exploration or something like that. And honestly, like, unless you really, really, truly grew up being like, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to, you know, be a marine biologist. Like you are allowed to change your major. You, Sonia did. Sonia did. And I think it's important to have the guts to do that because you don't yeah. owe anybody anything. Like this right, is your yeah. life. Did you feel
1: expectations from a parent or anyone else? Like when you did want to change or take a year off or you're like, Oh no, I'm afraid
0: to tell them what I really wanted to go do. You know, it was funny because my mom, I was always just the person I got to go to school on time. I have to do this. I have to do this. I was very regimented. And, but my mom was like, you should just chill out and figure out what you want to do. So luckily I had a parent that was understanding of that and never judged me at the same time. I wish she pushed me a little bit more at some things, but she was, she was more relaxed than I was. So (laughs) I kind of had to take a hint from her to kind of chill out, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, there's one girl in our program that like, is like, I'm going to be a pro soccer player. And it's like, I love that. I love her drive and I love, she shows up for practice. She's on all these teams, but I'm like, I just always, I'm like, it's okay if you don't do that or if you change your mind. Cause you might be burned out. She's like 13 and has been doing this passion, you know, dream mm-hmm. job already. So I'm just like, you know, you don't have to do that. And no one's going to not like right. you because you didn't make it that
0: way. Yeah. Or you can break right. one rule. Every yeah. Now and again. Right. <laughs> get practice. Yeah. I dare you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And life takes you in so many different directions. And people that I work with, and I listen to their career paths, they've, you know, gone all over the place to get to where they are. So life isn't never, it's never just a straight away, you know, it's gonna throw things at you, there's going to be twists and turns, there's going to be a lot of things that you didn't expect to happen, or you don't want to happen. But that's, that's life, you know, life is all about learning <laughs> lessons and growing and moving forward. And we just have to realize that.
1: Yeah. And you had a big twist thrown your way that you shared with us. Um, yeah. you spoke, Would you tell us a little bit of that when
0: you moved to New York city? Yes. When I first moved to New York city, um, I got a puppy when I was in grad school and my clumsy self should be in bubble wrap at all times, but I fell down a flight of stairs, and I broke my nose, I broke my jaw, I broke all these teeth right here. Um, And especially being somebody in broadcast, you know, your face is kind of a lot to do with your job. And as vain as it sounds, it is the truth. And for a long time, it it never derailed me, obviously, I I kept going. Um, And but for I would say the past nine years, it's been really hard on me, because I would look in the mirror, and I wouldn't see me. And I think it's affected me on a subconscious level more than I have let it really be aware in my mind. Um, But I think that for the past couple of years, I haven't pushed myself because I've I've I haven't felt like myself. If that makes sense, um, but when I'm realizing now, especially through this pandemic, and I've had time to get, heal myself, I've had I was able to get my nose fixed because it was a little crooked. Uh, from the accident. And I'm in the middle of oral surgery right now. So if people see all these teeth are fake right now, and it's actually a bridge and, you know, nothing is how it appears, right. So I'm, I'm dealing with all this stuff eternally, but it's also a big healing process for me. And what I've realized is that it's not about what you look like, even in broadcast, it's really about how hard you work and who you really are. And that's one thing that even though basically breaking my face and dealing with this for the past couple of years i still worked really hard and i was still me even though i had really bad days and i had really sad days the thing that brought me joy was working and success and not just success as a monetary thing but success in a way that i wake up every single day and am so lucky to be able to do what i want to do and i love my job and that just helped me keep going forward. Cause I woke up knowing that I'm going to be doing something that I love and helping people along the way. And, um, even though I feel like it, it had, it has held me back for the past couple of years. And I realize that now more than ever, um, I still, I just didn't let it define me because yeah. I, I just couldn't, I, I had nothing else in life. I worked so hard for this and um so on those and hard
2: days you just mentioned being grateful for the, all your opportunities but what else did your your inner dialogue sound like like on a day that you're like oh my gosh like this is embarrassing or I can't believe this is what I look like right now how yeah. do you deal with those thoughts and how have you like overcome them because you have and like even having the guts to share like and truthfully be like you know, this is a nose job. These aren't my teeth. Like yeah. a lot of women would never say that.
0: Yeah. Well, where you know, is I that think...
2: coming from like the authenticity and the
0: confidence. I think, I mean, it's still, it almost makes me want to cry right now you just because I, I've been through so much, but um you know, when I would have those days and would compare myself to other people and be like, you know, people around me, especially in my, close to me in my work field, um you know you always think somebody's prettier than you or skinnier than you and i would just i would just talk to god and i would say first of all thank you so much for me still being alive because i could have died in that accident i could have broken my neck and be paralyzed it could have been worse mm-hmm. and you and i you just have to realize that anything can be worse in life people are in worse situations dire situations You know, I was lucky enough to, to be able to go to school and my parents didn't pay for it. I still have student loans, but I did that. I worked so hard and I I think I just, it's just the faith, you know? I mean, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like those, I just prayed and like that day would get better. You know, you would have like a couple of days where you feel down about yourself, but then you've got to just look inside and just be thankful for what you do have. And then all you can do is just try to make it better from here. Just try to make it better. Like, you know, I always thought like looking back at myself, like, okay, you know, you don't look that bad on TV or you don't look that bad in pictures or, you know, you can still do your job with a crooked nose and your teeth don't look great. You know, like I, you can still do it there. Those things are just things in your own head. Well, that's what I, yeah, that's what I was
2: picking up on. I'm like, I want, did anyone ever actually make a comment like that to you? Or that was your own thing? Like, cause you know, like what I think you've been through. I
0: think it was my own thing. And like, I even saw like friends that I see now, they're like, I can't even tell that like you had a nose job, you know? And it is very, very minor. It's very, very minor. Like this side, there was, there was a piece of bone missing. But when you, when you know yourself and you look in the mirror every single day, you feel different, you know, you look different. and. Um, you know, getting my nose fixed and getting my teeth fixed is, is definitely just for me. I realize now, and I do feel a lot better just because I feel like the old me again, but I also realized that this is obviously something that I had to go through in life. And I had to learn from, and I did learn a lot from it. I learned that it's, it's not just uh, on the outside. And as much as people say that all the time, it's really about who you are on in the inside. And I think that I truly understand that now.
2: Well, I think that goes into a line from your bio is like you make people feel comfortable when you interview them. And then, you know, in that comfort, they find, you know, trust with you and they share something that they might not share with a different reporter. Can you talk about that a little bit and how you ease your interviewees and how you get the good juice out of them?
0: Well, you know, we're all, we are all just people. And that's what you have to realize, whether you're going to interview somebody in jail, or you're going to interview a family that just had a tragedy happen to them. These are all people. These can be your family members, their brothers, their sisters, their mothers, they're people. And I really feel I can't tell you how much I cry in interviews all the time, you know, but every single person that I meet is I'm honored to share their story. So I always tell them beforehand, this interview, luckily, nothing is nothing is live on Inside Edition. It's all taped. So I just tell them like, we're just going to have a conversation just like we're having a conversation now, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. uh, And I'll help guide you along the way. But really, you just really have to have compassion for people. You know, I've never been a journalist that wants to just I mean, of course I want to get the story and I want to get the good again. I want to get the exclusive and I will fight for that. But in a humane way, I'm not going to take away my values to get a story. But when you sit down with somebody that's opening up your world to them, you truly have to care. And I truly do care about everybody's story that I share because it's not easy sharing your story, no matter what it is. Even if it's a happy story, sometimes it's scary when you put a camera in your face, you know, so it's, you really just have to have compassion and empathy for people because you have to understand that, that these are people, you know, and I really do care. And I've, I have kept in contact with a lot of people over the years who I have interviewed and stayed in touch with them in their lives and everything that's going on. Um, And I think it's just, it's so beautiful. And I'm so lucky to have met people from all over the country and have them share their stories.
1: That's beautiful. That's amazing. I love it. Gratitude and compassion. Uh-huh. You've interviewed from everyone from A-list celebrities to politicians and hometown heroes. Do you have a little niche that you just hold closer to your heart or a favorite story that you have produced that's a, that's
0: a good question. Um, well, I am a huge football fan. So I had the honor for the past three Super Bowls to go and produce the Super Bowl with our team, which was just amazing. Wow. Uh especially, you know, no haters out there, but I am a Patriots fan. So like one year and the Patriots went to the Super Bowl, it was just surreal. I'm like, who gets to be on the field at the Super Bowl with all of this energy around us? That was last year, right before COVID was about to hit. So we, you know, nobody knew it then. But just the, energy I mean, I love that. That's such a special, you know, interview, but I really love stories. I remember there was a story down in, um, Alabama where a father was on vacation with a family was on vacation with their kids and they were wakeboarding. And then the father went, um, into the ocean and ended up getting a spinal injury and was paralyzed. And I went and interviewed the family at, um, a spinal Institute down in Atlanta, um, and just their resilience as a family and determination, like those are the types of stories that I love to meeting these people who have gone through so much, but are also still so happy and feel blessed and are showing people that things happen in life, but we can get through it and we can get through it together. I mean, other than the the big fancy, you know, profile events like that, I, I love Getting to know real people, so going to their home states, into their homes, seeing their lives—that uh, I think that's the the best type of stories I like. And there's so many I can't even think. That was a good question.
1: Well, and it's <laughs> too because you all meet, reach millions of people with just that one story. And so it's like right. touching their lives, and they're touching your lives, and then it spreads and ripples out to millions of people.
0: Yeah, and, and they stay with them. me too. I I think about these people all the time. You know. Yeah,
1: it's beautiful. So I know that you did, um, you covered the 2016 presidential election on both sides. Did you learn anything about, just because it was a huge moment for women, like the strength of women or did it change like who you were as a woman reporting for that?
0: I think so. It's just, it's so interesting um, how our women's voices are being heard more and being on that team, you know, as a young producer and, and, and never have done, uh, back in 2016, I never had done anything like that before on that political stage, but having my ideas come across and then come to life, like every day we would work so hard. And then we would have like a couple hours break in, before, in between the nighttime events that we would go and like watch the show. So then to see all of my reporting and ideas go up live and see it on TV is just like, wow, this is amazing. You think about it in your head and then you're shooting it and you're going through all these crazy things and then to actually see then life is, it, and come to life on TV is really cool and it's empowering because you're like, sometimes you think, oh, my ideas are stupid or maybe this is not going to work, but then you're verified, you know, when you see it on the big screen and I think it just helps having uh, strong women that I work with, um, like on those two, whereas Diane and Deborah and the other reporters that I work with having strong women as role models also really helps and they've been leaders you know especially Deborah Norville is a, a leader and she's always there to to chat to help with ideas so i think that as a woman having a strong woman with you and leading you along the way is is something that's priceless. And I've never had that before. You know, I come from a, of course, I have a mother, but I have five brothers, you know, so I've come from this, this world of men. And so being under a wing of a strong woman has really helped me, I think, in my career and made me believe that my voice is strong and should be heard and my ideas are validated. And, um, you know, we just work on that every single day.
2: Yeah. I love that you have female mentors. I mean, that's what we are to our girls. So mentorship mm-hmm. is so important to help you get to where you're going. Have you seen a lot of different like routes and changes in the past couple of years in journalism, seeing like more spotlights on women and more opportunities, even for people of color, like women of color and in industry? Have you, have you ever? Like, I do. Yeah, like tell us what that looks like now. Like, what does it seem like in the newsroom?
0: I think that we are just more open, you know, as a society, and I think that just ripple effects, and especially in the newsroom, um, what we have an executive producer that it, who is an, a gentleman, and then the co executive producer is a woman, and so and I'm so sorry, I should have shut this off. Um, they uh, and she has a strong opinion and I mean, I would not mess with this woman. You know, she is strong headed. She has made her way all throughout these years and got to the position of co-executive producer. And just to see that she had gone through the injury all these years, especially in the news industry, where it was predominantly men for so long, you know, in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s, um, even the later 90s, the fact that she was a bulldozer and just bulldozed her way through and made it to the top, um, Mm -hmm. it really opens it up to other women. And in my newsroom, we're lucky enough where everybody's voice is heard, no matter who you are. Um, But I think that with all the me too movements and people able to have their voice and not it being shut out anymore. Um, I, I don't see, I never saw that like directly in my newsroom, but seeing it in the industry it becoming open and breaking those boundaries. I think that we're just going to get more open and work up from there. And everybody has an opportunity, no matter who you are, where you come from.
2: And especially like since you guys essentially are storytellers by being reporters, like all kinds of people need to be behind, be behind the storytelling, you know, cause they everyone sees mm-hmm. the world so differently. So it's great that things are changing and moving forward.
0: I, I, I agree with you. And the more people from different backgrounds and cultures and, no matter where you come from, your stories play into how you tell a story, just like you said. And so, and also we all learn from each other. So I think just being diverse in any industry, but especially in the news industry is definitely a plus.
1: Yeah, I, I
0: agree.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like that you called your,
2: um, Producer, a, a bulldozer. bulldozer, not a trailblazer. <laughs> a
0: bulldozer. Oh no, this, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's a bulldozer. Yeah, forget it. anything can't happen. That woman will make it happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love that. My first job, I worked at a Fortune 500 company and I supported a male EVP and then a female SVP. And it was so interesting because I learned so much from both of them. But like mm-hmm. the, Frank, the guy would be like, If you go out for drinks, like have one drink and then leave, like never be the last girl at the bar, you know, like that kind of stuff. And then he'd talk to me about money and then we would have totally different conversations with, you know, the, the female boss. And it was just really interesting because she all, she taught me to like, there's always a yes, like never accept a no. And I thought that was so interesting because there she was the only executive, you know, up there, who was a female, and then I learned like not to take no from people. My, That's so interesting. Evolution, you know. Yeah.
0: And okay. we do need that balance too, you know. Yeah. You know that that male balance, that female balance. But being a woman to have somebody that you know that already has been there and done that and won't take no for an answer, but then teaches you that, I I just think it makes so much more of an impact in that we it just it makes more of a connection to us. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so if someone's listening and they want to get into journalism and you were their mentor and they're like what what would you what's a one liner you would share with
0: them? And and Ooh. teach. Um I oh, that's a good question. A one liner?
2: <laughs> kind <of> like so <laughs> like they were just step like one. Do don't something. take no for an answer or you know call yeah. after one drink or what like <laughs> what is it? Yeah.
0: I would just say n- never stop Love that. just because people are going to tell, you no, you're going to hit roadblocks. You're not going, you know, I came from a small town on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, not knowing anybody. I never thought that I could get to a national news level, but I just didn't stop, you yeah. know, so just don't stop and just believe in yourself.
2: I second that. I think it's so true we didn't know anybody, you know, like we moved to LA just because we wanted to be by the ocean and have opportunities. <laughs> but it, it is so interesting, like watching people that grew up in a, a city like New York or LA or Chicago and have this network of like dad's friends or old money or all this opportunities. And like, you know, life's right. a little easier. but then there's people like all of us that just, you know, Pay, pound the pavement every day. We don't give up, you know, we cry, we let it out, we laugh, and we move on. So I think that yep. and that's why we're doing this. We want to share that there's all kinds of women doing amazing things that didn't get, you know.
0: So no. and you guys moved to a ride. tough city too. Yeah,
2: didn't get a free ride. And what we've noticed on no. all of our podcast guests, like I think you're like number twenty so far. We are only seeming to be drawn towards like women with adversity and have overcome things and are change makers and putting themselves out there as their authentic selves, which is so special to see all these powerful people in elite jobs and like the cream of the crop, but also staying in tune with who they are. And I think that's so important to like have heart behind all the missions.
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of people say sometimes when you get to a point in life, you forget about who you are, but I can never imagine getting to that point because it has made me who I am. All these battles, all these fights, all these tears, Mm -hmm. it's, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. You know, before I was just like, Oh, why can't I parents that pay for college? Or why can't I have somebody that can help me in this But at the same time, it made me reach out and meet so many more people, do so many more things in my life, like internships in school, that I am so thankful for because I have so many great memories and friends along the way from this journey because I had to fight so hard uh, that I would never want to change that now for the world.
2: Yeah. And I think that you learn how to connect with all walks of life. And that's always a gift. And unless yeah. you have those challenges along the way, you don't learn that lesson.
0: Mm. And it's okay. Girls should know that it, when you're young and you're trying to think about what you want to do or where you want to go with your life, it's okay to be scared. That's part yeah. of it. But, but take those feelings and apply them to, okay, what are you scared about? Well, then let me just try it and do it or put myself out there. It really gives you some ignition to, to do something better than where you are and who you currently are and just make you a better person.
1: Right. So what do you do yourself in your personal life? You're like, I want to pitch this story or this new idea, but you do have that little sense of fear. You, like you have a little pep talk with yourself or do you any mantras?
0: Yeah, I'm, I do. I'm big on um, hot yoga. Thank goodness they just opened back up the studios because yeah. this past year I've been out of my mind crazy because it really like helps center me. I'm always all over the place. So yoga is something that really centers me and gives me an hour, an hour and a half to be in a meditative state all by myself with my own thoughts or trying to leave, have those thoughts leave me. Um, that is something that I've practiced since 2007 that has really helped me in life. And, and again, that's just me. Um, but if I'm nervous about something, uh, about a meeting with my bosses or a pitch or something new that I'm going to do... I reach out to my friends, to people that I work with. And I just, I talk it through, you know, there's something coming up in um, the next couple weeks and I'm nervous about it. And so I talk to a girlfriend and she's helping me. She's very successful. I trust her. I really like soak in everything that she says. And then I, I reach out to other people. I know that may have gone through what I'm going through and speak to them about their thoughts about, Uh, how to approach the situation, how to talk in the situation, what I should do. I'm just, I I guess I'm just kind of gathering, just like I gather news every day. I think that it's best to talk to people, like think about in yourself what you really want to do. Then, you know, tell the people that you respect and know that will give you good advice because they're professionals or they've been there before. And then I take everything that they tell me sit on it, reflect on it, and maybe go back to them again and then go do your thing, you know? But I think it really helps when you have people that you really trust and respect their opinion um, to really get their opinion and and to shape, you know, what you're going to do next. I think that really helps me.
2: Yeah. And then they can follow up with you, you know, and be that cheerleader that
0: yeah
2: we want to cheer for ourselves and have that power inside us to do so but let's be real we're all human we love that pat on the back and being seen by our peers it's so important for our self esteem
0: yeah and especially getting insight from people that have been there done things before you know every situation that you go into or you talk to your bosses about or something you know big event that may be coming up it it's so scary at first, then you almost you get in your own head so much. And then a lot of times when that situation is over, you're like, why did I make that such a big deal? Right? You know, but that's still not changing my nerve body and side rate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was when
1: I was younger, I didn't realize how important my social support system was. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot for me to even ask for help doing anything. So I think right now where people have lost their social support systems, it's really important to promote that like, hey, you can reach out to me or like with the girls we're like, you can ask us anything. You can call mm-hmm. us and text us mm-hmm. because sometimes asking for help, even like, you know, in the smallest way can be really scary. And people are like, oh, I'm going to bother them or I'm going to be a pest to them when really like people want to help. Yeah. Yes. The bottom line is like if anyone reached out to me, I'd be like, I will gladly
2: talk to you. And it makes you feel good to help and you know, Mm -hmm. be wanted.
0: Yes, it does. I love helping people. And also you learn something too when you help people. Mm -hmm. You learn something about yourself or you might learn something new. And it's just I couldn't have got where I am without people helping me along the way. So I just want to reciprocate that and give that back to people. Same. Love that.
2: Well, Alicia, our last question is always the same to all of our wonderful guests. And it is, what makes you feel most alive?
0: Ooh, what makes me feel most alive? (sighs) I think what makes, that's a good, you guys have great questions. (laughs) Thank you for noticing. (laughs) Yes. Um, Oh, that's a good question. I think being able to, get up every single day and meet new people and just meet new people and be inspired by life. And especially in the news business, sometimes there's, there's a lot of negativity or sad stories, but waking up every day and having, no matter what happens in your day, a little bit of positivity or a little something that's excite you, or even if it's like a cute little moment of a cute dog walking down the street when you've had a bad day. I always just try to find like one moment that makes me smile. And that, that makes me feel the most alive just to be thankful.
1: That's beautiful. That's like life's biggest lesson is to be
0: grateful. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Grateful for
0: you for spending with us yes it was so awesome meeting you guys and I want to be a part of anything that I can help with you guys and the girls because I think that what you guys are doing is amazing and I wish I had you guys when I was my younger self
2: me too <laughs> yeah. thank, you, Alicia.
0: thank you Alicia we'll talk soon okay we'll talk thanks girls bye bye
2: thanks to our guest For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new
1: episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.